0: Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 24 of the Galen Trombley Show, Emily Alexander rejoins the podcast um, to talk about gut health, and we go a lot into different ways on how she would help certain types of people, whether you're trying to lose weight, gain weight, um, if you don't work out, if you do work out. Uh, we talk about different kind of elimination diets. We talk about sleep. Um, and we also talk about her current Ollie or Olympic lifting cycle and how, the, how she's kind of approached that and how she's benefited from that over the last uh, few months. So we hope you enjoy episode 24 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 24 of the Galen Trombley Show. Uh, 24, my favorite number. Um, so I am pumped. This is a milestone for me because we just hit my favorite number. Uh, but I have a returning guest, um, Emily Alexander from Emily Alexander Nutrition, LLC. Uh, we have her back um, on a solo episode and she is going to kind of really dive deep in, into um, the nutritional aspect and, and, and kind of what she's very knowledgeable at. So, Emily, welcome back to the Gale and Trombley show. How are you doing?
1: Good. Thanks. Happy to be here got some coffee and I'm good to go.
0: Early morning, yeah. yeah. So we're we're, we're, <laughs> we're cranking this out pretty early, but um for anybody that didn't listen, Emily was a few episodes back. Um so you go back, check her out and listen there. We did more of her backstory today we're kind of diving more into the the um I guess your your topic, you know, mm-hmm. of health and, and nutrition. So um so kind of go into a couple things in I guess in regards to we have talked how you got into it, but like I, th- I know your main big one was kind of talking about improving digestion in people. Mm-hmm. Um, so if start off with that, then we'll just kind of go down into more nutritional topics.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm really, I really love general nutrition and health. Um, and a lot of what I've seen with working with clients and through my nutrition course that I took, um, the program, we focused a lot on the foundations of health and the biggest foundation of health is your gut and your digestion and if that stuff's all funky and um, all over the place, then you're going to get a lot of, di- of um, unwanted health symptoms and stuff like that. So I really am um, pretty interested in, in um, helping people optimize their gut health and their microbiome. Um, I think that that'll help with a lot of people's um, overall health. Um, So like our microbiome, if you don't know, it's a bunch of the colonies of bacteria in and on our body. Um, So it's in our gut, but it's also in our mouth, our nose, throat, um, pretty much all over the place. And they're involved in um, lots of functions in our body. So they're kind of like our ecosystem that helps keep everything um, in homeostasis. And when it gets out of whack, you can see a lot of other stuff. So I, I really love focusing um and keeping it simple and helping people focus on this foundation um and i see a lot of success with that
0: so for improving um digestion or gut health um what are the main to kind of put it back into um because we're gonna go you know obviously technical mm-hmm. and then i'll, I'll um, bring it back to layman's terms for for me and for for others but yep. what what is your um like why why would people want to obviously improve their gut health and what's the number maybe the couple top ways they can you okay. know f- fix their gut health mm-hmm. for just the average person walking around if someone's listening to this and they say man i do have trouble di- with digestion or i have trouble with a certain food group or i have just trouble with obviously you can probably just eliminate that but right. i'm sure you have better ideas or mm-hmm. different ways to kind of work around that so they're maybe not totally getting away from it but so what, what could somebody do to improve their health or improve their digestion? Sorry, and gut health.
1: Okay. So um, the first thing that people would do, so why you want to, um, like I said, it's it's really tied to everything. Sorry. <laughs> um, mental health, physical health, um, immunity, really anything you could think of. So um, starting with taking care of that is super important just so everything else um, falls in line too. Um, I think a lot of people have, could have some intestinal hyper, intestinal hyperpermeability going on, so that's just um, leaky gut, essentially, which can lead to autoimmunity um, or increase, re- increased risk for developing autoimmunity. Um, so we, things you can do to help um, chew your food fully, right? So you, w- you don't want to have to be drinking water when you're eating um, and feeling you have to wash it down. Um, because if we're digest or chewing our food enough then um we're setting our digestive system up to with sorry, we're setting um our digestive system up to be able to digest it better. So if it's gotta digest whole food, it's gonna take a lot longer. Um eating in a relaxed state, which is sounds easier than to do than it is. Um so that means not eating at your desk, not eating in the car, or if you are just really, really taking a few deep breaths, um, because if our body's not relaxed, it's not ready to digest. That's kind of the last thing on its mind; it's thinking about running or doing whatever else we need to do, um, and it shuts digestion down. Um,
0: what about? I know we talked about it before, but water.
1: Water. Yep. Water is super important, um, just for keeping the cell membranes like hydrated and your intestines hydrated, and that helps flush toxins out. Um, so if you're not helping to get eliminate things out of your body, then um, they're just staying in there.
0: So when I – if I ever have like – and I know it's like salty foods or something. So like the perfect example, most nights I go through the evening and I don't drink anything. I always have water next to me at night. Um, Just if I get thirsty, it's right there. Um, but I always end up drinking water like nights after having pizza. Like if I go have pizza mm-hmm. or something at night, like pizza is like number one I can think of. but guaranteed i'm waking up in like the middle of the night like chugging almost the entire glass really? of water they have and i think it's because of it's the salt. sodium right mm-hmm. um, that does that have anything to do with this i mean or is it just straight up the sodium is just you're probably just super dry like the salt and stuff from it is just making you thirsty because you're probably dehydrated at that point
1: yeah that could be it um i've never had that happen but no. uh, <laughs> it's like
0: it is 100 gonna happen if i have pizza i'm waking up middle of the night and chugging water
1: yeah it could be it could be the salt and the you're just dehydrated yeah that must be i don't don't, but it's it's
0: there's got to be something because there's definitely a definite cause and effect Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just with pizza. i don't know why it's pizza but it could be like any like kind of like crappy food (laughs) yeah like go out but like i think um i think pizza is number one for me but the other thing too is when you talked about like eating quick like i struggle like that's one of my Mm -hmm. things just throughout the day like i I, I am not, pro- I probably would not be your best client because I do either two things. I eat super fast or I skip meals. Just, yep. just that's during the day I have like downtime for lunch in my mm-hmm. calendar, but the odds I actually take a lunch is only if I'm meeting somebody to go out to lunch. Other than that, good chance I'm skipping lunch, mm. uh, which is bad. I know right. because I, I used to be very good with nutrition. I used to follow it very well as much stricter. Mm hmm. Now, just with like trying to prep and stuff. And again, it's excuses. I got to get better at it. But it's just something, I, As at this point in my life, I just haven't prioritized it enough. Right. That's so I've say. really fallen off the wagon mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, I, I overall, I eat decent. Yep. But when I used to eat like 80, 90% very good, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of measuring what I ate and eating kind of the correct foods, mm-hmm. now it's probably like 70, 30, mm-hmm. not really measuring anything. Yep. I eye, more eyeball, but yeah. then just kind of trying to pick the better options but my mm-hmm. big biggest thing is just not eating um so I guess can you talk about that what's we we've talked to i think we talked before, but like trying to get i think pe- actually when we do this with people okay. that are trying to lose weight mm-hmm. people that are trying to um so why don't we start with that group if there's people out there that are heavier out of shape, want to lose weight, want to lose fat, which is a lot of america mm-hmm. um Go into that topic because one of the worst things you can do, from my understanding with that perspective, is not eat. Mm -hmm. You know, when people just say like, I'm going to eat under a thousand calories a day, kind of go into why that's not good. So if you were to take someone that is maybe male or female, that's got to go, maybe they're 30% body fat. Mm -hmm. Is that that probably a good number? Okay. 30, I don't know, 40. I don't know what it kind of balances out, but someone that wants to go from there, maybe down to like. 15, sub 20% mm-hmm, body mm-hmm. fat. Is that, that reasonable? Those are.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it depends. Um, or
0: drop 30, 40 pounds, yeah, 50 pounds. Yeah. Whatever. So
1: we'll say that. That's a little easier to picture. Um, so, and they're not, they're not eating enough. Just in eating general. Very if, if, you were
0: to, if, if someone was to say, Hey Emily, I'm, I'm 40 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a middle-aged lady. She's 35 to 50. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, maybe it's a guy the same age. They're. 30 40 50 pounds overweight mm-hmm. they know they're overweight they want to get I mean they don't want to be you know this absolute rip person but they want to get down to a healthy body yeah. weight yep. um, without taking and I, I hate the BMI I'm sure you hate BMI yeah. too. but yeah. but take away the BMI because that, that's bullshit to me but mm-hmm. the um, but how would you get them down to where they could get to that where they could get to a healthy level where they could feel energized and all that like what would be a prescription um, for them on that
1: okay Um, so I would start and see, well, normally, so I'd look at their diet, um, and my protocol that I like to use is to add in before we put things off limits. So my, what I like to do is say, okay, we're going to try to crowd out all of the bad stuff with the good stuff. So you don't, so you're full and you don't necessarily need or want, and, um, you get used to having all the colors. Um, so I like to start people with saying, okay, try to aim for two colors at each meal. Um, which is just a good eyeball to say that you're getting fruits and veggies in at each meal. Um, I would also look to make sure they're eating enough because people for a long time will chronically diet and then they're not at a point where their body's ready to lose body fat. So if someone comes to me and they say, well, I'm eating probably around 1,400, 1,500 calories, then I'd say, all right, well, we're going to have to start adding more food in. It doesn't mean they have to track, but just adding more healthy foods in, um, that's going to, and it's it's not going to, be a quick, a quick drop for a lot of people. Um, making sure they're hydrated. Like we just talked about water. Um, water can, if you're dehydrated, um, like I said, your body's not flushing stuff. So it's holding all these toxins and holding, um, toxins in the fat tissue and, um, So making sure people are hydrated, um, which will help when people do start to lose weight. A lot of times people don't feel so great because the toxins they've been holding are being released into their bodies. So making sure those are getting out. I would also make sure they're moving. Um, It doesn't have to necessarily be working out, but going for walks each day or finding some kind of movement is also really important. Um, I would look at maybe some food intolerances and see um, if there's stuff going on there. So I would just kind of... I have to... You want to focus on whole foods, um, so eliminating processed foods um, and just crowding out the bad stuff with the good food and keeping a balance. So, like you said, you do 70 30 or whatever that ratio is. I think that's important um, for overall like mental clarity. Sanity. Like, yeah. sanity. Yeah. yeah, right. Because it, it, you don't want to swing completely in the other direction. But um, weight loss is. It's a hard, it's a hard thing because it's so individual and figuring out what people are doing and the reason behind it. Um, and just if you're buying food, really like looking and making sure, okay, if there's an ingredient on here that I don't recognize, like I, sh- I probably don't need to eat it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what it is, then.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, my, my. so I'm going to kind of simplify it down to my, I guess my progression mm-hmm. as, as an eater. Yeah um i started to get after i got out of high school probably like i was probably 20 maybe i kind of start excuse me i started to kind of get into trying to figure out how to eat better Mm -hmm. Started to get back like in the i wasn't like terrible i was 20 but i just wasn't playing sports anymore i was like i just got to really i know if i don't play sports and don't eat correctly Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna be in good shape so i kind of took a liking to that now i nerd out a little I, i did read a lot of nutrition books and i read a lot of things and and right now i mean as me 2019 compared to me f- 4 or 5 years ago i know less now but i have a i think i have a a general understanding of the of what i need to do but so basically back then i started as with anything cuz i got into i started to lift weights and stuff so they, they were kind of like I remember the first time i looked at it and like you need this much protein and this much carbs mm-hmm. so i was like that's like i was totally out of whack like right. my ratios were all over the place so that was like a that was uh I remember i remember it just being so hard to look at i mean i gotta eat that much protein right and, and that's
1: i think a lot of people especially when you're losing weight um or wanting to lose weight protein is super satiating mm-hmm. so making sure you've got good protein sources um which i'm happy you just brought that up because how people structure meals is really important so making sure you've got enough proteins so that you stay full because um, if your meals are mostly carbohydrates then you're gonna get that spike and then you're gonna crash mm-hmm. Um, same goes with healthy fats too, making sure that you've got a good ratio of those in meals, um, it was really important.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, so I, I just b- basically from like looking at that and I was like protein, I'm like I'm, breakfast was like a banana with cereal. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I got to have like eggs or I got to have, I got to have something that's more of yep. a protein source. And then you can have like, obviously you have fruit on the side or oatmeal or something like that. So, which is kind of what I've still have to this day, but So I went from that to kind of dabbled in the paleo diet Mm -hmm. until I, you know, until that is tough. Um, I think the fall is strict, and then it's basically kind of morphed all the way through to now. I'm very big on if I, which I would like to do is, and what I try to do. Again, if I prioritize it correctly. Right. So it's totally on me. If I prioritize it correctly, I usually track my macros. Mm-hmm. And I track my macros with the idea if I can eat 80 to 90% good and, t- and 10 to 20% lean yet, I'm overall pretty good. Yep. I really don't care. I'm not dieting down for a, you know, a, a bodybuilding show or anything right. like that. I don't, I really don't care. I've never really cared what I look like. I just want to be healthy and right. feel good. So my biggest thing is when I'm eating if i'm not um sometimes i feel sluggish like right now my food is not great and i can Mm -hmm. find other things that are bothering me that weren't there one before even even just like even um allergy kind of stuff or Mm -hmm. even like interesting you know maybe just something with like breathing and things like that and i know it's minor like i'm not somebody looked at me they wouldn't be like oh my god you're totally out of shape i'm i'm better than still a lot of people but
1: but you're tuned in to your body yeah but
0: compared to where my my expectations or where mm-hmm. my my old um kind of what i set for myself it, I'm, I'm below that i'm below where i, sh- I think i should be because mm-hmm. i know and, and i know it it takes work but it's not if, if people realize like eating well and and i think is not a hard thing you gotta you gotta prioritize it right. but once you prioritize it it's not that hard go a month and it becomes it starts to become a habit and okay. it, Um, So, so sorry. So to go back on to what I was saying, now I've gotten to the point where I just am very big on proteins, fats, and carbs, Mm -hmm. and just balancing them out. Mm -hmm. To me, if I can hit the right ratios, that is a great. If not, I just eyeball it. Like I try to have meat or or a protein. I try to have a carb source. And then depending on what's between those two, I may add fat to it. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you know, if I'm having like a steak and vegetables and rice or something, I'm probably not going to add an extra fat source too just knowing steak has Mm -hmm. enough in there but that's me um usually that's pretty good and i kind Mm -hmm. of hit my my balance there so i think when you talked about the ratios and you talked about not adding stuff in not necessarily pulling Mm -hmm. things out people don't go crazy we'll get into other kind of diets later on but i think that's one of the biggest things is if i count my macros even if i have something that's not great, but I can still kind of count it in the macros, and I put that in that ten mm-hmm. to twenty percent. It keeps me as a human okay. Right, like if I go to like a, a, f- a networking function and have a couple drinks, I'm not going to sit there and kill myself because I had a couple right. dr- drinks out socially. Because I'm like, oh my god, that threw my numbers off for one day of the week. Like I'm, I'm okay, you know.
1: Well, and it makes it, it it's one of those things that you want, what you can't have. So as soon as you tell yourself, oh, I can't have my favorite thing in the world or, okay, I have this thing coming up and you stress out about it and you're like, I can't because my macros, then you're just going to want it even more. And it's going to lead, it could lead to a binge or it could lead to just being like, all right, screw it. I'm going to do whatever I want. And it doesn't matter. Um, which I see, I think is pretty common.
0: So when, when you, when you, when you work with somebody, say Mm -hmm. somebody that wants to lose weight, um, we talked about that. What would you, we talked about like what you look for, but like, how would you, do you focus more on Just not really getting into like the mac or the the numbers, but Mm -hmm. just introducing foods in, yeah, and that's step one. So just getting comfortable eating more vegetables, eating comfortable eating more probably lean meats and things like that.
1: Yeah, so I'll take so I can think of um, a few of the clients I have, but so one of them, um, I mean, her digestion was all funky, but so we're just focusing on adding like foods like beets or sprouts um, during the week, and so setting like what I do is I have them set. A goal that seems pretty manageable so you don't have to eat three beets every day or you don't have to eat this every single day like pick two or three days of the week and just starting there and starting small so that you can accomplish that goal and then we look at it Mm -hmm. and say okay for a few weeks you were able to hit you're adding in a veggie at each meal for whatever three days a week so let's up it to four days a week or you um, that had a protein at breakfast lunch and dinner awesome now can we add a little bit of protein into your snack or something like that so just Mm -hmm. setting small manageable goals and helping people say like okay where can i add in beneficial things like i've got like we look at okay what are you doing really well and what can we add into that to make it even better
0: yeah i like that approach because then eventually it ends up just it ends up being a switch Mm because they'll be like I have to eat this, but I I won't have time, or I don't. I'm done, not hungry enough to eat the other mm-hmm. junk, and that eventually gets stripped out of mm-hmm. the meal. Um, that's good. I've never heard that before. That's cool. Um, so on the flip side, if somebody was to we just talked about before, which is also the under eating mm-hmm. aspect, mm-hmm. meaning somebody is, <clears throat> I kind of I kind of know this space a little bit better. I know it sounds crazy because I mean I, I know that the people coming out of shape, but um, you know, at CrossFit, the other, because that's where I go to the gym, mm-hmm. but I know this happens in gyms all over the right. world. Like when you have people on the opposite spectrum where when I started going to the gym, it was the same thing. I was, I would say underweight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see a lot of people that come in a lot. We get a lot of runners that come in mm-hmm. and they're very tiny people, mm-hmm. meaning like there's no no yeah. muscle mass to them. They have very poor, um, they're very poor when it comes to, you um, what uh like flexibility kind mm-hmm. of things like they, they can't get in certain positions they're very tight right, hip flexors yeah mobility thank you mobility is really poor their strength is very poor mm-hmm. um they can obviously run fast but in a start when you start adding other aspects i think so when that when that happens you look at a lot of them it's like well you have to start gaining weight you have mm-hmm. to put on muscle mass so mm-hmm. if you talk like somebody that or the person that works out, works out, works out, works out all the time and is eating like somebody that is barely just staying right. afloat. Mm-hmm. So what do you, you talk about that because I know you're kind of in the same space with mm-hmm. your gym, but like how would you approach someone in that aspect? And usually people in that aspect understand nutrition. They just don't understand, uh, I guess, the quantity. They understand right. quality, just not quantity.
1: Quantity, I think, is really hard for people to understand and it's confusing and... Um there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are chronically underneath and don't realize because your body gets used to it so they're like well I'm not that hungry so I'm fine or I've been doing this forever, and it's really beneficial to switch up how much we're eating and um, we really shouldn't be in a chronic dieting phase because um, that's another stress added onto our already stressful lives so if we're dieting for more than Two months, honestly, three months, then I would say it's probably time to up up it. But if you don't even realize that you're dieting, um so when someone comes to me and says, Yeah, this is kinda what I eat, I eat an apple and a coffee for breakfast, um, I might have a salad for lunch and then a salad for dinner and there's not really much in there, I'm gonna say, All right, well if you if your goals are to get stronger or move faster or just honestly change your body composition, um and overall health, then we're gonna need to add in more food so your body's not hanging on to everything that you put in it because that's what happens.
0: Yeah. Um, and th- that's, that's what I think I found at, at one time too, where, you know, just trying to figure out like how to gain weight. There was a port, there was like four years ago, I think I might've told you, I tried to gain mm-hmm. weight for strength.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I totally accomplished it. I put the, th- I'll tell you, it was like a full-time job. Yeah. Cause I was trying to get roughly 4,000 calories in the day. Yeah. It's
1: a lot and, to eat. And <laughs> that's a lot of food
0: and it ended up being like, and it was still busy. So like mm-hmm. at night it was like a big meal. And then it was like an hour later, there was like a, I was making like a thousand plus calorie shake, which took me almost 45 minutes to drink because yep. it's drinking like an ice cream. You know, it's, or it's yeah, it's very thick and mm-hmm. you're, just, you're really trying to finish all this in a day. Yeah. Then you go to bed and you wake up and then you got to eat another big meal and you're not hungry in the morning. So you're almost overfeeding. Yeah. But I put on probably in about three months, I went from 175 to like, I was 189 on new year's and then i started cutting down for Mm -hmm. for the open within a month i was back down to like 175 now granted i was a leaner 175 and i was a stronger Mm -hmm. 175 but i wasn't able to really keep that weight on it i I didn't do a drastic i mean it wasn't like i i mean i did a very structured Mm -hmm. gain and a very structured cut yeah um it was the leanest i've ever been it was the strongest i've ever been the best in shape Mm -hmm. i've ever been but it takes it takes a lot. Um, but at that point, even even with dropping stuff, I was still eating a decent amount. Mm-hmm. I was not eating four thousand, but I was definitely eating close to three thousand.
1: Right, because you had already ramped your metabolism up enough to handle yeah. all that food. And that's something that I've really been trying to educate a lot of people in, in my gym on is that it you want you want to be able to eat as much food as you can and stay where you like and feel good about where you are. Yeah. So and that and that happens. And sometimes when the hard part for people is when they've been chronically eating not enough and they start to add in you might gain a little bit of weight or you might um it it might stall for a bit because your body's like okay now we're like being fed this is great and then it'll drop down um but but giving it that and that's not necessarily paying attention to the scale is important too because sometimes that can just mess with your mind so just saying okay i'm not gonna step on it and i'm just gonna focus on how i'm feeling and how my like performance is feeling in the gym um, and if people are trying to like gain muscle or weight, I say like pick foods with less volume that pack more calories in. So like, that's where your rices or your avocados or your nuts are really great. Um, cause you don't have to eat as much of them to get mm-hmm. enough in yep. where like, if you're, if you're dieting or trying to lose weight, adding a lot of like volume foods, like sweet potatoes, butternut squashes, uh, greens, like that's really great. Cause it takes up a lot of volume and you feel satiated from it.
0: Yeah, my hardest thing with dieting or with anything is getting vegetables mm-hmm. because my problem is I'm I'm an under eater, 100 mm-hmm. under eater. And if I if I know I have to hit 2,800 calories on the day, I would say my baseline. I was working with another. I think I told you about her, a local lady that same thing, very good at this mm-hmm. stuff. And my baseline level, I think, brings me to like. 26 to 2,800 calories. Mm-hmm. like baseline, meaning like not like If you were to like
1: stay in bed all day and not do anything.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, no, it's with working out, but okay. it's it's kind of like, it's me trying to like maintain where I am because mm-hmm. I'm not like gaining weight or trying to like lose weight. I, I should be honest. That might be kind of like, like semi trying to lean out a little bit mm-hmm. is usually right about 26 to 28. I think my maintaining would be close to three. And then if I tried to gain, I'd have to be like 35 to 4,000. Mm-hmm. But... When I did the, uh, oh, where was I going with that? If I did the numbers on my baseline numbers, trying to eat like broccoli or trying to eat vegetables. You have to but, eat a lot. Well, yeah, and I'm an under-eater to begin with, so mm-hmm. I'm like, I I don't want to add broccoli. I'm just going to add a bunch of rice and a bunch of stuff because I just want to get to that mm-hmm. number as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Like even at night, I'm not a, I want to say I'm like a I like food, but I'm not like a foodie kind of person. Like yeah. I can eat bland food Monday through Friday and have absolutely no problem with it. Because yeah. I just, to me, food to me is just like, get food. It keeps me energized. Yeah. It, like it gets me through the day. I don't look at food at like every meal has got to be this great tasting thing. I'll eat bland food. Chicken with—I mean—the stuff I eat is just—it's quick. It's like if I can eat something. quick <laughs> – I feel like quick, if
1: you could have a pill and just say, "Okay, I would that be was fine. yeah."
0: If I could sip coffee all day and just take a pill and I knew I was getting my nutrients, mm-hmm. I would 100% do it because mm-hmm. I don't like I love food. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not—I'm not reliant on having to like taste something great at noon on a on a Tuesday. Like, yeah. I'm good. Like, yeah. let, me, let me just keep running and. Uh, but like, so if I'm starting to add Brock, my my worst thing is I just don't eat a lot of as much vegetables as I should. Mm-hmm. I love vegetables. Mm-hmm. I will I will eat vegetables if I have them, but just trying to like make vegetables. It's so much easier just to like make some rice real quick. So I eat a ton of rice, and eat, usually nights is like some type of meat and some type of rice. Mm-hmm. I would say majority of the time.
1: Do you I, soak your rice before you? I do not. You should do that.
0: I, to be honest, I'm to, you'll probably hate this too. My rices are all like the microwave quick things mm. because I <clears throat> trust me like. If I get home at like eight thirty at night, mm-hmm. last thing I want to do is cook rice for 45 minutes. cook months. anything, yeah. so mm-hmm. I just like heat that up, heat leftovers, and I'll eat that. Yeah, so I'm not good. Trust me, I'm not like <laughs> I just don't. I just don't prioritize it into my day like I should. I have to. It's really like it bothers me. It's like one of the that and like the gym, which is very. I'm having a hard time going to doing both of them mm-hmm. consistently, and it it does bother me. But it's like I I just haven't found a way to really totally yeah. hack that yet yeah to get
1: so. yeah getting making sure getting veggies in and even if it's you just try to have a color at each meal that's not like white or brown you know mm-hmm. um which so we just started a nutrition challenge at my gym and that's one of the the like points of the point system and i wanted to make something that was like positive and just gets people trying new foods and doing it so yeah. it's one of the point systems is if they have two colors at every meal they get like three points for the day or something like that so it's that's a nice way to say like okay like what even if it's adding an apple on the side right you get some red and then you've got peppers or something Mm -hmm.
0: are are you finding it's pretty well um pretty well accepted or 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 you know are are people like open to nutrition stuff Mm -hmm. i know every once in a while like again i'm coming from like total gym setting where that's fine where some people are People don't have the problem with working out. People have the problem with diets and eating because, again, work to me, working out is the easy part. You mm-hmm. go in one an hour a day, maybe total in a yeah. week, four to five hours a week. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more time that you're w- within food reach of food or having food. Yeah. And I mean, if we talk, I mean, I'm going by the the fitness py- pyramid that nutrition is the base. But mm-hmm. obviously, if you are looking at it from a standpoint of people usually say like, nutrition's eighty, ninety percent of it. Like, yeah. it truly is. It but is. Um, are people receptive to the the idea of nutrition challenges or not even? Can I actually? I got a pet peeve of mine. I get I, and I don't want to. I, I get the nutrition challenge thing, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't like diets and nutrition challenges because I yeah. just. And I get it because it's trying to get people on. But I. what I don't. I like the idea of a nutrition challenge if it's to get people into a healthy living mm-hmm. and they they would sustain mm-hmm. it. If it's like a a 30 like the, day the whole 30 yeah. thing i'm like so you're gonna eat good for 30 days and then you're gonna right. go back to eating shit like right. you gotta really figure out what you know you gotta change the lifestyle so i think like you said breaking habits and mm-hmm. making or putting them into habits yeah. is something you have to do not a nutrition challenge for a whole 30 right which that that's always bothers me when i see people do like i'm gonna do the juice cleanse or i'm gonna do a whole yep. 30 or i'm gonna do We'll get into it, but like Mm -hmm. the keto and vegetarian Mm -hmm. and and vegan and things like that. I'm like, if unless you're gonna really go all in and Mm -hmm. make it a habit, all that stuff is just like a band aid for a month, and then you're going back. You got to like, to me, you got to change the problem. Like, you got to go to the Mm -hmm. source of the problem, not the band aid over it to just kind of cover it.
1: Well, and like, yeah. So like, I and that's why I love you look at like what the root cause is. So what so why are you doing that juice cleanse and then but what what is happening when you break that and you go have a cheeseburger and french fries, right? So if any if you did any positive stuff that might be negating it. Um, but I so when I agree with you on the nutrition challenges um because people it's not it's not creating lasting habits. So I'm actually really excited about the one we created because it's focusing on adding um two colors in every meal. So it's these small sustainable things that you can say, okay, like and then, and then it helps people realize that some of the meals they already are having are healthy. So, it's helping identify that. Um, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and then um, the other way is just focusing on whole foods. So, I told people, I'm like, you, can't, you don't have to eliminate if you're going to go out for ice cream or you're going to do those things. You don't have to eliminate it. But just like setting up and still getting in your whole foods for the day. So, if it's from nature, whether it's animal, plant, whatever. Um, we also talked about getting enough sleep and Mm -hmm. water in so those Mm -hmm. things are also really important like sleep is i think just as foundational as nutrition is um coming from the person who didn't really get much sleep last night but (laughs) so it it, that if you're not sleeping your metabolism's all over the place your energy your mood um everything is so i think you're spot on with when people do the nutrition challenges or whatever the 30-day things um a lot of times the habits don't necessarily stick
0: yeah and and Actually, what you just said. Do you deal a lot with people with sleep?
1: Mm, yeah.
0: I mean, it, probably not from like a nerding out of sleep, but the idea of like, you know, eight hours a day is, is I think kind of the, the accepted number. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I'm, I'm curious about, because I probably Monday through Friday get between, I try to shoot for seven hours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like six and a half maybe, you know, mm-hmm. and... and um, I I always sleep very well. Like I re- like my best time. I think I've said this before. Is nine hours. Yep. Like nine hours, I feel great. Yeah. Eight hours, I feel fine. I mean, I feel yeah. fine. I don't feel great, but I feel, I feel fine. normal. You mm-hmm. know, seven hours, I feel fine. I can I can get through the day and 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 be good. Six hours is when I really start to see a decline in my like just my performance and everything. like yeah. Just slow, tired, yeah. groggy. The other thing though is if I sleep eight hours. I I saw this the other day. If you go like our optimal time to go to bed is roughly like ten yep. nine to eleven ish like in that range our optimal time to get up is like that five to seven mm-hmm. you know time so I find like when I say like last night I probably slept seven and a half hours which was probably like eleven thirty midnight to mm-hmm. seven this morning I don't feel as good as if I would have went to bed at 10 and woke up at six. Yep. yep. And I, someone, whatever I was hearing or reading or listening to, they said that the time that you go to sleep also matters where like, you just think like eight hours, but like if you go to bed at one o'clock in the morning and sleep till nine, it's eight hours, but, but it's not the great. same eight hours as 10 mm-hmm. to six. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any experience in that? Or is that, I mean, obviously you, I, I'm sure you agree with it, but I don't yeah. know if there's any like fact base, but I, I agree. Like if I get to bed at 10, I feel so great, great the next morning. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I don't I I mean I've definitely experienced that and I and I think I've seen it a lot and I I'm pretty sure it has to do with like that your circadian rhythm and the light outside. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure of the exact science behind it, but it's it's funny though how it
0: Yeah. You like don't I don't it, it's kind, well it's kind of like calorie in, not all, not all, not all calories are created right. equal. It's kind mm-hmm. of like not hours of not all hours of sleep are created right. equal where right. I think that if I'm yeah, like the, sl- the sleep thing, if I can get to bed, if I can be like, ugh, best night, if I'm in bed at 9.30. And
2: I was just going to say 9.30. If
1: I'm in
0: bed at 9.30 and like I'm lights out by 10,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I usually sleep, I feel good the next, even if I got to wake up at like 5 the next morning or yep. 4.45 to go to the gym, like I feel decent, mm-hmm. but it's like when I go to bed at like 11, like eleven's pushing it for yeah. me because I just don't feel great mm-hmm. the next day, but I agree there's times if I want to go to the gym for 5.30 a.m., I'm getting up five or 4 45, 5, 5 o'clock. Yep. There's times if I go to bed at 11, like 11.30, 11 that's not happening because I'm yeah. sleeping five hours, yeah. so I'll just sleep in. Because I'd well, rather have the seven hours of sleep versus...
1: And at that point, too, and that's a good point that I wanted to talk about. Now we talked about sleep, but if you're not sleeping enough, then... Not that your workout is pointless, but your body's not set up to recover or like build anything because it's not it's not rested enough yeah
0: like i think i think sleep is way more mm-hmm. sleep and nutrition are way more optimal than working yeah. out if yeah. you get a hierarchy if
1: you slept four hours you probably shouldn't go to the five thirty in the morning class or yeah. something just because it's not gonna
0: I, I usually just skip it because mm-hmm. i think i think the extra two hours can do more for me than going in the gym and doing burpees and yeah. push-ups and yeah. whatever else so um no that makes total sense um yeah the sleep thing is like when i talk about going to like the gym the I can go like I can get up and go to the gym. My my biggest thing like my day from my next day starts the night before. So if I can get to bed between 9:30 yeah. and 10, and there's sometimes I can, there's sometimes that I force myself to. There's sometimes I get home late and I'm like by the time I like wind down and like get everything kind of picked up and cleaned up and if I have like nothing, I might have some stuff I got to kind of finish that night. If not, like there's times I even like 10 o'clock I'm like wide awake I'm like I'm not ready for bed Mm -hmm. and that's tough so basically the odds that I go to the the gym or get up at that time is fully dependent on when I go to bed the night before so to me like the next the day after always starts like it's a crunch time at that night to like literally get into bed and Mm -hmm. just force myself to Mm -hmm. go to sleep um so that's the hardest part that that has been the hardest part is just getting to bed early enough to to get up early enough and Problem is when you don't work out, I undereat because I, I'm just not hungry. You're not hungry. Um, when I work out, I, I am hungry, so yeah. I make sure that I eat and, and I'm well fed throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, like tracking numbers, which is what I do, the tracking number part, I never feel like I'm limiting myself because mm-hmm. I like to me, it's it's like every day is kind of a lofty number to hit.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I mean, it's within staying in the like, if you stay within the ratios, that's a lofty number to hit. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, could you go to five guys and crush all your calories in one sitting you could Mm -hmm. but if you're really focusing on eating the good like the Mm well-proportioned stuff like trust me i get home at night and i still have to have a pretty big dinner to hit my numbers Mm -hmm. so i never feel like i'm under eating i never feel deprived yeah um if i want to sit here and have a i mean i I don't do it but like if you wanted to have like well i guess i do like kind of like a granola bar Mm -hmm. or something like that or or a cliff bar or something Mm -hmm. that's probably not the best for you but you can still track it within your numbers. And, like, it's, if it's part of that 10, 20% rule, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Like, it's better to have an apple and, like, some nuts or something versus that. Because same kind of calorie, or same kind of macronutrients, probably mm-hmm. better, better quality.
1: Right. And, and, um, you're also getting less, like, I mean, if you, if you don't, if you're just kind of eat to eat and you don't, you don't care about, not that you don't care about the way food tastes, but like you say, like, you could just, pop a pill and you would get all your nutrients in and it'd be fine. Um, eating a bar or a shake might not do the same thing to you, but with a lot of people, they don't feel like they just ate a meal, even though it was a meal's worth of calories or those things. So that's where, like, it is really hard to overeat. Not really hard, but it's, it's harder to overeat on whole foods um, because you have to eat a lot of them. And if you're not adding all of the processed sugar and the hyper-palatability junk that goes in there, then... Um, your body pretty much kind of naturally tells you, like, all right, I've had enough of carrots or whatever I'm eating right now that, like, I don't feel like I need to eat the whole bag.
0: No, I, I 100% agree on that. I think, I think that's one of the things that people just get to more whole foods, meaning, like, fruits, vegetables, mm-hmm. ba- basically the outside of the, of the grocery store. I know that people yeah. have said that before because you go right through produce into mm-hmm. the meats, into, you know, the eggs and back around. I mean, you can do some real damage – eating that, I mean, good damage, Mm -hmm. but like if you you go and you focus on that kind of stuff, I mean, yes, I throw rice in more from like the athletic standpoint, Mm -hmm. but if I was like really trying to like lose weight, I would be crushing the vegetable section because you can eat a ton of vegetables. And even if like, I get it, like some have sugar, like carrots are more heavy in sugar than, than, than cauliflower but they're still phenomenal for you
1: they're so good and that's where that's where getting all the different colors in is so important because you're getting all the micronutrients so if it so if you do have trouble eating vegetables like figure out how to mix them in whether you like puree them in a sauce or something Mm -hmm. or you do like chop them up and mix them in with your rice whether it's like summer squash something you just like put in there so it's figuring out ways to sneak them in um but yeah shopping the perimeter is really Really good, and it's gonna save you money in the long run too, mm-hmm. um, because it might not seem like it, but pro- packaged foods cost a lot, cost more yeah. in the long run. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what would you What would you tell somebody that it might consider themselves a foodie, meaning like you? They come to you, they say, "Hey, I want to clean up my eating," but they're used to every meal having these sauces and all mm-hmm. these like things on it to. Like if you go to like a, if you go to like a nice restaurant and they have a steak or they have a chicken or mm-hmm. they have some type of of uh, fish meal, mm-hmm. like they're like I'm getting chicken or fish or whatever. But then all of a sudden you overlay, you know, you got an Alfredo,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: noodles with Alfredo sauce, but it's got shrimp in it, shrimp Alfredo. Well, I'm having shrimp. Well, you're having a bunch of bad stuff with it. Mm-hmm. Like how do you get to how do you get people over the hump of hey, eating good is too bland eating good is like mm. what, what's your what's your hacks because i, I disagree mm-hmm. um to me i think once you start eating well you it's not that it's bland you're mm-hmm. just you're changing your palate to something that's right. better versus going hey put the alfredo sauce on hey put the cheese sauce on mm-hmm. hey put put the x y and z crap on that masks the actual taste of the real food yep. because you'd rather taste the, like the condiment that's on top of it so mm-hmm. what, what's your hack for that like what?
1: so helping people find ways to make their food taste good essentially yep. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah so i mean it's definitely going to be an adjustment because your your taste buds are used to have sweet or salty or sugary whatever you're eating taste so it's i think of it too like coffee so if someone starts they're drinking a ton of sugar you just cut down you cut down slowly and um finding sauces that we can make that might have better ingredients in it so if they like an alfredo maybe we make um one with good quality dairy in it or we make one with um out of cashews or nuts or something, or we find kind of like a like a a lower calorie like salsa or a marinara or something like that that we can like trade and upgrade rather than and then using um, spices. So like some like pink Himalayan salt because it's got a lot of good minerals in it, and salt and pepper are great. Adding lemon juice is great. Um, so just just figuring out different flavor profiles that they like and kind of upgrading their, their
0: yeah. I think spices go a long way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you can do a lot. Like we've done it before with just like hot sauce because hot sauce is very minimal. Salsa Mm -hmm. people don't think of salsa as a condiment. I love salsa as a condiment. Yeah, salsa is one of the best ones. I mean, not just for chips. Like I love chips and Mm -hmm. salsa. It's one of my favorite things. But I mean, just putting putting that on stuff. I Mm -hmm. used to put. I used to put that just on, like, just normal food because it's yeah. tomatoes at the end of the day. Right. I mean, it's got, like, some tomato paste, but overall, mm-hmm. it's pretty clean. Um, hot sauce, we did a lot. I remember doing um, – kind of making, like, a, a barbecue chicken salad. Mm-hmm. We put a little bit of mayo in, but it was, it was like, olive oil mayo, which I think yeah. is better than the canola oil. Yeah, you don't
1: want canola oil.
0: Yeah, so we had the olive oil one. But you you put, like, a lo- just a little bit of that mm-hmm. to add – you know, a little bit of the, the kind of the substance and the fat. But when you're putting it with, in that case, just chicken breast, which yep. is very low in fat. Yeah. It just kind of adds a good balance. And mm-hmm. the hot sauce adds a lot. of, And, and trust me, that was – and actually diced in um, red onions in that. Nice. It was a very good – you want to think about it. But it was a very clean, basically four ingredients yeah. with everything involved. Um, we would like mass make that. And it that was mm-hmm. so good. Um, but I think a lot of it is that. I yep. think a lot of it is – without going into – like I didn't really do a lot of butter. I mean if I do butter – I try to do like a Kerrygold butter, yeah. or just like a grass-fed butter. But if I can do that with like, um, so every once in a while, I'm like a, I'm making like a a, uh, a fish meal. I want to have butter um, mm-hmm. on it just because it cooks better too. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, if you have like some good like gra- like grass-fed butters, I I believe it's, it's pretty like good a for super you. Superfood. Yeah, it's yeah. a very good source of food. It's not like like the margarine or, or like that yeah. kind of crappy, I yeah, yeah, can't the believe one. it's not butter. Yeah. Like it's not butter. <laughs> it's so not don't butter. It. Yeah. Eat <laughs> it. yeah. yeah. I I actually read something. I still have it on my phone from a long time ago. It said on the, on the, it was like a, almost like a, it was like a meme or, or like a, a quote card before those were popular. Yeah. And it said, if you ever see fat free, Basically, it just means chemical shit storm because yeah. it's it. There's so much stuff. There's a reason why it still tastes good, right? And they're extracting the fat out of it, right?
1: Because fat is flavor. So if exactly if that's that's what makes food taste good.
0: Well, like it's it was funny. Like I grew up drinking skim milk. Mm-hmm. I won't drink that shit anymore. I, I yeah. can't drink it. And I, I I always thought people that drink whole milk, they're like, oh, it's unhealthy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I if I drink milk, it's whole milk. Mm-hmm. But, again, I, we have more almond milk at the house when we do right. whole milk. Now, granted, I, I will still drink whole milk, especially when I was trying to, like, gain weight because mm-hmm. it was a cheap calorie source. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty good ratio of calories. Mm-hmm. Um, I would drink it. And, yeah. like, right now we're trying to give it a little bit more to our son to kind of keep, mm-hmm. keep weight on him, you know. And But at the, at the end of the day, when I get away from milk, because I don't drink milk that mm-hmm. often, and then I get milk back in, I get stuffed up. I'm mm. not I'm not aller- I wouldn't say I'm allergic to it. I don't have like yeah. a dairy intolerance but yeah. if I start eating that or if I eat ice cream and I haven't had it for a while my sinuses mm-hmm. will start fluttering okay. up a little bit yeah and yeah. I like I said I don't know if that's maybe I do have a but I think part of it is just because I've kind of pushed it out of my diet when mm-hmm. I introduce it back in it kind of like
1: it can be a little, inflaming. a little stuff me up a little mm-hmm. bit more
0: mm-hmm. um yeah
1: so- f- f- yeah full fat dairy is really good um because if and the other thing with the full fat is it helps you regulate your hunger, so people won't—I mean, not necessarily won't overeat—but that's a, people see a big benefit from adding in more fats, whether it's animal or plant-based, like an avocado, or not. Just um, yeah, it's it's really good. What, what do you think
0: percentage of your diet should be fat?
1: Oh, it ranges completely. But like, if
0: you were, because what I always look at is like you have the extremes, mm-hmm. you have the keto people. Mm-hmm. You have the other people that, which I just think is absolute bullshit throughout the years, of the people with you know, the low, yeah. f- high-carb, low-fat mm-hmm. diet, which is we know is a joke. I'm not against, trust me, I eat a ton of carbs. Mm-hmm. I eat more carbs than any of my food groups, yep. but I also eat fat and eat protein, mm-hmm. so I balance it out. But, I mean, I always looked at fat as being roughly 30% of your diet.
1: Yeah, I think that's usually a good...
0: Ballpark, I mean, it's it it a good sway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean... That's not getting like to to me I've never been afraid of eating good fats mm-hmm. um because I know there's the, the benefit of fat i could could you actually argue that if you had to pick one food group to probably not cut out it would be fat
1: I don't know that's hard. That, because it's tough
0: because i mean right, they all they protein, all have their own
1: they all have their own like important parts, which is why they're the macronutrients right, so that, yeah. like, we need such large quantities of them um I think, well, so fats are really important for hormone health, for vitamin and mineral absorption. So, if you're not having those, you might be setting yourself up for some vitamin deficiencies. um, Energy, Um, those are like our long lasting energy, where like carbs are quick lasting. Um, I do think that a majority of the population, um, especially if they're not super active, would benefit from having more fats in their diet. I say that if if they have trouble digesting fats, that's where sometimes people like get a lot of motion sickness or they um, feel like queasy and nauseous after eating a high fat meal. They their gallbladder might need some additional support um, to digest fats. But I think that a majority of the population would be would benefit from becoming more fat adapted, not necessarily keto, but mm-hmm. um, increasing fats in their diet.
0: And, and for people that don't know dietary fat is way different than body fat because mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. people have that stigma in their head well i'm eating fat that's going to turn into fat i'm like it's actually the opposite right like the processed the foods process the foods sugars sugar. like sugars was what kills you mm-hmm. and what i find what now is great i think this has to do with society and stuff which mm-hmm. is so more with the idea which just going to kind of go a little bit out but we will come back to full yeah. circle so like Back in the day, all the high-carb, low-fat was – I believe from everything I've read and seen and it makes sense to me was basically like a propaganda to increase the agricultural industry of mm. – of, or the processed food. Like I think it had to do – not, not agricultural, but it had to do a lot with um, – politics. Yeah. We're trying to push certain things. So people made money if they mm-hmm. bought it's kinda like Coca Cola. Like, yeah. Warren Buffett makes makes money when you're mm-hmm. drinking Coca Cola. Coca Cola right. is absolutely terrible. It's garbage for you. For you. <laughs> yeah. And like you're literally pouring like you know, acid down your throat yeah. kind of deal. So mm-hmm. like but you take you take that back in the day when it was very much a very I, I think politically driven, money driven um, campaign for people and the problem was who where else was there to dispute it you didn't it was pushed out to you on the national news which was very limited back in the day a couple Mm -hmm. channels to now go to 2000 you know the 2010 to 2019 where every i like this is consider you could consider this a radio show like it's Mm -hmm. a way for me anybody in the world to listen to this um but you take about like podcasts you take youtube and you take facebook and Mm -hmm. instagram all these people that understand now can actually push out the correct information so you're really starting to see a shift of people being like dude no like low fat high carb does Mm -hmm. not work like does not work at all like Mm -hmm. you got to balance now i think there's the extremos where like to me we talked before but keto which Mm -hmm. is limiting carbs Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know vegans or veget I should say vegetarians are pretty much limiting a lot of the protein sources, I would think. There's obviously way you can get you can get protein, mm-hmm. but and then you have vegans which eliminate I mean they just Animal to products. me they they just eat a lot of I don't like things that are genetically modified. Like mm-hmm. I don't mess with soy. I don't mm-hmm. mess with tofu. Mm-hmm. I don't mess with whatever garbage, like meatless burger. Yeah. Like to me that just why would we
2: mm-hmm.
0: but what what's your What's your thoughts on those extreme diets where um, you totally take out carbs? You totally take out—I say totally—like vegetarians. I know you
1: have you have your
0: beans and you have your eggs and stuff, but you're taking out a major source of Mm -hmm. because animal protein has a lot of the essential amino acids that you need. But then you have—and yet to me, you have the vegans, which I get it. You're doing it from a health stand health standpoint. Mm -hmm. Or, or not health standpoint ethical. an ethical standpoint but to me it's like i i get it but like there there's humans in nature the circle of life lion king circle of life like we're part of that circle of life like no animals have to die mm-hmm. it's it's that's why you see like the 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 shark is gonna mm-hmm. eat smaller fish in the in the you know the lion's going to chase down an mm-hmm. antelope, like or whatever, a gazelle. Like yeah. they need to do it. That's yeah. how they survive.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: what is your what's your thought process on those? Ex- I, I call them. I don't want to say extreme diets, but um, what, what are you uh, elimination diets um, or?
1: I I they're a, a technically an elimination diet because um, you're eliminating one main food group. Um, I think that they. I like to say that our diets can cycle, so you want to go plant-based for a little while and see how you feel, and then you want to go higher fat, maybe keto, and see how you feel, and then you drop the fats down, you add higher carbs, and kind of going where your body's at, because where, where we are nutrition-wise today is different than we will be in three months probably, mm-hmm. because our bodies are catching up and always changing. So I think it can be really beneficial to cycle through it. Um, there hasn't been um, a 100% vegan healthy culture found mm-hmm. like through the history there was never a vegan culture um and you can be missing a lot of the good benefits that you get from animal proteins um like the collagen or the cla or amino acids um but everyone's so different so someone could feel better with more fats um but i, I just think that you should be trying to find your middle ground um, but you can experiment and cycle through it. And that's where stuff like, okay, for the next day, 30 days, I'm going to just try to eat plant-based or, and then I'm just going to, or for the next 30 days after that, I might try to add more fats or more carbohydrates or those things. Um, I think a lot of people see benefit from elimination diets, um, because they're, so with vegan or with keto, I think like you're eliminating a lot of your options for processed stuff. So like... The biggest thing I hear when people go vegan, it's like, okay, well now I don't go out for ice cream or I don't go out and get these cakes or these packaged things because I can't anymore. I can't have them, Mm -hmm. um, which is beneficial in one way, but then you're cutting out all of the good stuff. Even if, if, if you're vegetarian, I think it's, it sets you up a little bit better because you can still get the eggs, which are so good for you, um, like you don't really get choline anywhere else, and those are really in eggs. Um, and you can still, if you eat fish, those are that's a great source of omega threes and protein. And um, but you eliminate all the other options for like going out for junk. And yeah. it's kind of the same with keto too. You eliminate the uh, the ability to say like, okay, I'm gonna have this processed bread or like cookie or something or pasta. Um, and then your your only options really. And then, I mean, there's people who do keto bad, like. Not bad, but they just focus on like, I'm going to eat all this cheese and this whatever. And they're not, um, they're not like trying to get all the micronutrients and focusing on that. So,
0: yeah, um, I, so um, I, I have some people that I know do the keto diet here mm-hmm. and there, but, and, and and to be honest, I've, there's a couple of examples of some people that have done the keto diet. Mm-hmm they would tell you they were overweight and they've lost a substantial amount of weight. Um, I don't believe in the keto diet. Um, I just don't like the elimination part of it. I think Mm -hmm. because our bodies are, have evolved, they have evolved, but they've evolved based on those nutrients. Now again, I'm not an expert on any of this. This is just my belief, but the people that are doing the keto diet, to me, they're, they're getting to the point like, when they've started to kind of they've got over the big hump they've Mm -hmm. lost their 30 pounds 40 pounds Mm -hmm. that kind of that first big wave of of weight but now i think that's when you have to get with someone like you or someone like where you you get a better balance of nutrition where it's like okay listen we're not gonna we're gonna cut back a little bit so like the you're eating Mm -hmm. food you're eating meat you're eating that's good now we're gonna introduce let's introduce some more vegetables right and then once we get through the vegetables once we start kind of leaning out even more then it's like, let's start, because most people, I, I might be wrong, but I think a lot of people that go on the keto diet aren't doing the the movement aspect. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are just like, I'm going to do keto, I'm just going to eat, I'm not going to work out, I'm just mm-hmm. going to lose the weight, which is true, you will lose, yeah. but like I think at a certain point, when you start adding vegetables back in, you should feel to a certain point where now you feel a little more healthy and, and mm-hmm. you move around, so let's start moving, yeah. where it yeah. could just be, like you said, a walk, or it could just be some supplementing mm-hmm. some things, or... Or going to the gym once or twice Mm -hmm. a week, nothing crazy. But then you start adding. Once you start doing that, you start adding in more carbs Mm -hmm. to to stick to keep to um, to stay with the demand of your energy expenditure. And then what happens is that I think then you get to that balance. Now it's a process. That could take a couple years. But Mm -hmm. I think if you're doing because the couple people that I have in mind that are doing, I think have had very good success Mm -hmm. with keto. They're not to the point where I would look at them and say. Oh, you're good. Like you've crushed it. Like you you are like mm-hmm. 100% healthy. I think you're at a point where you still lack the movement. You got to add the movement in, but I think once you start doing that and increasing mm-hmm. increase your leafy vegetables, your yeah. your and then you start adding in, you know, add in the rice and potatoes in a few months down the road mm-hmm. when you start working out a little bit more. Yeah. Do you agree with all that?
1: Yeah, and I think that so keto or just a higher fat diet can be really beneficial with like Incre- like increasing your sensitivity to glucose or insulin, res- like that whole insulin sensitivity. And um, if someone's got a lot of blood sugar issues, keto can also be really great because it helps stabilize that. The fats help stabilize that. So getting rewiring your sensitivity to it, um, and then that's where working with someone is really important, like you said, because then they can help you slowly add in and say, okay. So you're not really doing a lot of carbohydrates. let's add some sweet potato or some squash to this meal and just see how you feel and and then you can help find where your like optimal balance is so saying um all right, I feel really good if I eat high fat and then I add some um squashes and carrots or berries around my workout or those things um and then you're getting all those good nutrients in too um. But I I agree that it can be beneficial for people, but I, I think a lot of it is they see better blood sugar regulation from eating higher fat. Um, they eliminate all of the processed junk that they could be eating, which um, and they might also be eliminating some food sensitivities that they don't know they have. Um, so by eliminating those options and narrowing in, I think it's easier. F- Sometimes I think it's easier for people... Um, to make a decision and to choose foods um that make them feel good when they say okay i technically have this keto label that i gave myself or this vegan label and so it's easier for them to say okay i'm just gonna have this and i i can ignore the process stuff
0: yeah and and kind of the switch um topics a little bit when i you know the zone diet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did the zone diet, which diet? It's basi- basically all it was was it was just a quantity. It was kind mm-hmm. of like it was more. It was more basically regulating the, the amount you ate, not necessarily the food you ate. Yep. So, um, which trust me, the food you ate had to fit in. So eventually, yeah. that just kind of morphed it into. And when I say it died, it really was just it's
1: a way to structure your meals. Yeah, essentially, so you have like the blocks, right?
0: Blocks. Yeah. yeah, which I don't want to make it sound more confusing. It's not that hard once you actually start doing it, but but one thing I want to, and I, and I don't do it because I think macro counting's better. Mm-hmm. But the one thing, I did have very good success with it. Like I leaned out, within a month it was like, mm. holy shit. Like I said, I had to really start adding stuff in, which is what they said would happen. But the the one thing I'm curious to see is their main thing in that was the hormonal effect of balancing a certain amount of protein with a certain amount of carbs at every meal. Mm. So it wasn't, and this is something I also try to do, is I don't want to go into my first meal have a very high protein, no carb, high fat meal. And then all of a sudden I, I get to the very end of the day and I'm playing like Tetris with numbers. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there being like, well, I got like 20% more protein, 10% more carbs, but 110, or sorry, 10% fat or 10, look, back up. I speak <laughs> too quick sometimes. Yeah, Me rewind. Too. So I have 20 grams of protein left. 10 grams of fat left, but 110 grams of carbs left. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the part where I try to avoid. So yeah. what I really do when I'm counting my numbers is I I know roughly what I'm going to have. So I will break down each meal roughly. It's not going to be perfect, but I break down each meal and say, okay, I need roughly 35 grams of protein, I need mm-hmm. roughly 60 grams of carbs, I need roughly 25 grams of fat. And that's Whatever. the best way to do it. Yeah. So what, what's your experience with the the balance of like not just throughout the day but the balance at each meal mm-hmm. um i think that's to me that's important i've always felt better when i balanced those yeah. out versus going like going crazy on one meal and then the other meal you got to catch up and mm-hmm. then it just becomes this like swaying of yeah of numbers but um but i think with the zone their main thing were the the balance of proteins to carbs so if you go block per block it was seven grams of protein versus nine grams of carbs. So the, the balance was roughly like 75, 75, but you know, close to that. Yeah. Maybe 70, 80% yeah. of the two um, throughout the day. So mm-hmm. you ended up eating roughly 80, whatever your carbs were, was about 80% of your protein. Okay. I know people can follow that. I know this a bunch of math, yeah. but um, it wasn't, it's not that hard. If I put on a piece of paper, you'd be like, oh, that's easy to yeah. see. Um, but what, what's your experience with balancing macros for a hormonal effect?
1: I'm not necessarily sure about a hormonal effect, but I, so I, with protein, like you said, I would spread it out throughout the day. Um, cause you don't want to be left with hundred or even 70 grams of protein at the end of the day. And you're not going to absorb everything. There's some research that says, um, really like the upper limit, would be 40 or 50 grams that you would really absorb at a meal. Um, so spreading out protein throughout the day, aiming for probably at least 20 grams of protein per meal or snack, um, is a really good, basis. Um, having, and yeah, I, I feel that the way I structure mine is I set fats further away from my workouts if I'm working out or doing some movement, um, cause they digest slower. So I might structure it. So if I'm working out at night, I would go, okay, I might have a heavier fat breakfast, still with some carbohydrates just to keep my blood sugar stable. Because um, I found for me personally, if I don't have at least a little bit of carbohydrates in my breakfast or in the morning, I, I kind of I like crash and get jittery. Um, so that's just some biofeedback for myself that I have. And some people feel really good. They don't need the carbohydrates in the morning. But So I try to structure most of my fats away from my workouts um, just so I'm not going in feeling like really sluggish and weighed down. And then afterwards, I I focus still on protein and carbohydrates so that my body can just get their quick digesting, absorbs it, and rebuilds what it needs. Um, if it's someone who really isn't doing a lot of movement, just keeping it even throughout the day. Um, you can even shift it, like, a little bit. And if you, if you struggle from blood sugar stuff, keep your fats a little higher during the beginning of the day to keep your hunger under control and your cravings under control a little bit. Um, but I, I think that the 40, 30, 30 range, forty percent carbs, thirty percent protein and fat is usually a good a good range for meals also. Um, yeah
0: what was, what was that range again?
1: Just the 40 30, 30 yeah. is a good it's a good balanced 40 way to start. carbs mm-hmm. right
0: and 30 thirty. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think that was kind of the the number that they had mentioned on that. that was kind of you know and I think that's a good place to start It's a good
1: place to start because everyone's different, so you might realize that that might not work for you. Um, but it's a, it's a good ballpark.
0: Yeah. And, and what's your thoughts on intermittent fasting?
1: I think, so there's a lot of research that it is really great. Um, I think people see a lot of benefits because they're shortening their time window, right? So that's where people see a lot of the weight loss benefits and they're, it's not necessarily the intermittent fasting that's doing it, but it's the, just you, it's harder to eat the same amount in the less amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of research that's great for digestion because you give your digestive system a break rather than um, say you get home and you do, say, or you, you wake up, you have breakfast, then you have a snack, then you have lunch, then you have, snack, then you have a snack, then you have dinner really late, and then you wake up and you have breakfast again. So you're not really like giving it a break to digest and reset. Um, so that can be beneficial, but I don't think, I personally don't think it's beneficial to be doing every single day, especially for women. Um, hormonally, it can be throw things haywire, um, or someone who has blood sugar issues. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, I think that doing, if you, if you're interested in doing it, doing one day where you might stretch your fasting window from instead of like twelve hours to fourteen or sixteen. So you just wake up a little later. Maybe it's a weekend day. You wake up a little later. You have a slow morning. You just have some coffee or tea or whatever if it feels good, and then you just eat a little bit later.
0: Yeah, I. I- I've never, I have had a couple of buddies that tried it. I, I've never actually fully done intermittent mm-hmm. fasting. If I do intermittent fasting, it's like just day just, just hectic. And all of a yeah. sudden it's three o'clock and I'm like, I haven't ate today. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would say happens at least once a week, mm-hmm. but not on, not planned but at it's all. it's not on purpose. No, and I, not and at all.
1: I think that's, well, maybe it's not being intuitive, but so, so like, I think, and the, and that's where a lot of people see benefits from, right? Those like. Random one day is a week, but I wouldn't say doing that every day yeah. is a good thing.
0: I I I always I've always just thought like to keep it super simple and basic is just to balance your macronutrients and mm-hmm. just eat throughout the day. Like just balance it throughout the day, like not because yeah. I think anytime there's a restriction, meaning mm-hmm. I can't eat here to here, I can't have this carb or this uh, mm-hmm. macronutrient, I can't have like I think if you just like you said, just kind of focus on eating a balanced meal yeah.
2: and
0: in like eating I, I think it takes a little bit of time to understand how much you have to eat mm-hmm. but once you kind of get the idea and you can kind of eyeball a lot of mm-hmm. it and go by feel then it's just like right. hey just make some decent choices and balance it mm-hmm. out and you're good like I don't like to overcomplicate it I don't like restrictive diets where it's like I would like to be able to go into any grocery store and say I can eat anything I want in here yeah and I'm just gonna pick based on my knowledge of what makes me feel the best Mm -hmm. and and usually going for like a crappy source is not gonna make you feel the best so i mean even like like i'll go i'll go get a sub like a lot of times i have subs like yeah probably there's certain things that people will argue is not the greatest or best but i look at them like it it, as long as i get it halfway decent there's some you know you have vegetables you have meat you have i mean bread your carb Mm -hmm. source and depending on what the condiment you put on it's not terrible right like i'd rather have that versus going to you know like i said before going to like five guys or mcdonald's or wendy's but um i eat a lot of chipotle chipotle to me is the easiest thing in the area to have a a good decent meal that's quick and and easy and tastes really good Mm -hmm. you know and so i people know me i go to chipotle all the time but it's just to me it's it's one of the easiest options you can go and and um and I always end up getting double double rice because I just the carbs I I you, you know, need the carbs I need the carbs and people mm-hmm. are like really I'm like eh, I I have a ton of yeah I eat a lot of carbs but mm-hmm. um now what's your what's your thoughts on eating before working out? Some think, people do, some people don't. Yeah. What's like the time limit before it depends. It really morning workouts versus evenings yeah. things like that. So
1: morning. So if you're a person who wakes up and goes in the morning, um. And it depends on what type of workout you're doing um so we'll, we'll just take someone who might be going and doing like a crossfit or going to the gym um and because running's a little different um if you're waking up and going for a long or like weight li- just weightlifting, weightlifting, yeah. yeah um so i would say getting a little bit of fuel what i really like to do um because depend well depending on how early your workout is if you're one who goes to the five thirty a.m class it is you, you're not going to wake up and eat a huge breakfast that's just not because you won't be able to digest it so whether you have um i personally like to have i wake up and i try to have a glass of water with some like a noon tablet or some electrolytes just to get a little bit energy in there um and then i also like to have some like unsweetened coconut water a little bit of protein powder and coffee and i blend that up and like sip that on my way to the class um because that's just the 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 carbohydrates from the coconut water are really easy to digest and they're not going to like leave you feeling really full and it just gives you that little bit of a boost with the um, protein powder, just to like get something in your system. Um, some people like to have like a banana. I would stick away from fiber, so staying away from like apples or um, high fiber fruits, just because fiber takes a while to digest. Um, so even like an orange would be great, or cuties or whatever they are. Um, so if you if you really can't stomach anything in the morning, though, making sure that your your dinner the night before has got some good carbohydrates in it, um, some good protein. Because you're if you're not getting anything in, then your dinner from the night before is fueling your workout in the morning. Which is fine, because um, some people just really can't digest anything in the morning. And it's not always sustainable to wake up and say, like, I'm going to wake up an hour before and try to eat something. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, like, I usually just, like, eat a banana real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if bananas... Bananas not, banana not, does banana. have a lot of fi- fiber, though, right?
1: No, uh, not too much.
0: Yeah, so I have a banana. If I can, I might just throw some protein in a drink Mm -hmm. just like so i have protein and carbs no fat and then i try to do that before if i can this way like i wake up and i'll have that like at five Mm -hmm. and then i'm 10 minutes later i'm driving to the gym or 15 minutes later i'm driving so um but i think yeah no no that makes sense
1: yeah so staying away from fiber and then so then you have more wiggle room when you work out later in the day um like, if you're a noon workout person or later in the morning waking up and having some... It's always just you want to just structure carbohydrates and protein around your workouts and fill the fat in elsewhere. Um, and, like, sometimes, like, if it's... If, it depends on your eating window. So if you can eat, like, two hours before your workout, you've got a little more room with fats mm-hmm. than if you've got an hour before your workout.
0: I Like, I... When we talked about it before, I usually broke... Th- my day down when i was working out kind of like evening time mm-hmm. like four thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty 36 in that range
1: mm-hmm.
0: i would go breakfast lunch dinner yep it actually is i did the opposite i went um before and after working out which was usually like you know for me are dates a lot they have fiber in them it's probably not the best one to eat i used to eat a lot of dates because they were just kind of like sugary but they're easy think, to eat
1: i don't think dates have as much as like prunes Okay so, parents, but, okay, so I think but so I had I love dates.
0: Yeah, so I had dates before and I'd have dates after, uh-huh. which is probably a lot of sugar, which is probably more than I should um, have. But I had both those right around the workout mm-hmm. time, and whatever that brought my numbers down to, I literally just went divided that by all of them by three and went that was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yep. So I tried to balance those, knowing that I had my other my and I would pretty much get like spot on most of them. If not, within reason, I might leave more for dinner mm-hmm. cause it was after my workout versus. Mm-hmm. Maybe my lunch was a little smaller or my my breakfast was a little smaller, but that was my system. Again, being inconsistent with like the gym and stuff and going to the gym early in the morning Mm kind of takes away a little bit of that because I'm not going to eat that, then eat something after and then come home and rush to have breakfast and then go out for the day. So a lot of that stuff is broken down. So now all of a sudden I need to have bigger main meals. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part is like lunch. I'm not having ding, ding, ding. Like it's very tough. So... But the, the, the lifting, I always felt very good. The, the lady I was talking to that, that was helping me out, that was my thing. I'd go from like lunch, I'd do four to five hours of nothing, mm-hmm. go work out, come home, and then eat dinner. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you got four or five hours you're not eating because your body's like shutting down. So at that point, I'd get to the gym and I was just very sluggish because I wasn't mm-hmm. eating enough and I wasn't eating. So she was like introduced mm-hmm. like a pre-meal it was something very simple. It was like a snack kind of thing. But I felt great. Like yeah. I go in the gym and I was like ton of energy. Yeah. And I'm kind of the same. I really don't... I don't even know what I weigh right now. If you were to mm-hmm. ask me, I've I've been saying 175 for five years because I don't think I've <laughs> right. really gained any weight or lost any weight. But I really don't know what I weigh. I usually go by number one, performance, mm-hmm. how I feel. And number yeah. two is the eye test. Like like what do you, your body physically look like? Mm-hmm. If, like both of those are halfway decent. I'm okay. Yeah. Like scale. I don't even know if we have a scale at my house, to be honest.
1: Well, and, and the scale's really not like you talk about bmi a little bit but it's really not the scale's not reflective of anything We'd, of muscle you would be
0: considered overweight i would think yeah yeah I'm, def- I'm definitely overweight mm-hmm. and I, I wouldn't say ob- i'm not the obese one but there's guys yeah. that are considered obese that are in very good shape just because yeah. the body just mass. muscle
1: right and and height wise so yeah if you've got two people like how we have a lot of muscle on then 100 bmi would be overweight but we're not overweight but that's where it-
0: well are you still lifting quite a bit right now? Mm-hmm. Are you still, like, re- really into the ollie lifting?
1: Yeah, yeah. We have a competition coming up Memorial Day weekend.
0: Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um So how, how has your body fluctuated from probably before you started to where you are now? And how many weeks in are you right now?
1: I think we're on how's week. Your,
0: how's your thumbs doing?
1: Oh, I have, like, a little, like permanent yeah. bruise I, there. I, I
0: say that just because uh, anybody that does ollie lifting with the hook grip hook and grip, stuff like yeah you, you, do you do you tape a lot
1: I don't I, oh really I always I tape don't this. tape I used to because it, it would peel yeah um, that, well that was
0: to avoid the blisters yeah yeah
1: and I I've never had like the permanent blood yep. blister right there yep and, and, like, and that's,
0: that's what I was referring to you had the blood blisters yeah. right on the knuckle there or inside knuckle
1: the worst one is we just started I know we're like digressing a little bit but we just started doing um like, I think we're in week 13, I think. But we, we're we just doing deadlifts, like, added those into our cycle right now, but they're, um, cl- like, the clean grip. Overhand, yep. Clean yeah. Grip. So without switch kinda, gripping. Kind of practicing that pull from the floor. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're getting – we're working up 10 rep maxes. So –
0: a lot of time under tension.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like, took my thumbs off, and I was like, oh, my God. Were you God. hook gripping on yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, because we yeah. got a hook grip yep. to practice the clean grip or whatever. And I'm, like, completely butchering whatever it was. And if, no, you're right, yeah. Um, But so I, like, <laughs> opened my hands, and my they were, like, purple and white because, like, there was so much weight just being put on them. But I've never did lifted with, like, the straps or anything that might help.
0: Um, yeah, the straps. When I'm – I actually was I, – <laughs> I made straps. It was funny. I, I actually made – um. Cause I was like sit- sitting there, like you can make like, like if you go on if you go online and buy like straps for uh-huh. probably like twenty bucks or something yeah. like that. Like you can buy like ten dollars worth of material and just make like four or five right. straps. So I made straps for deadlifting, which were longer, and I yeah. made straps for ollie lifting, which allow you to kind of release a little bit,
2: uh-huh. and.
0: It was funny, like I kind of made them and I didn't really get into like a full cycle with them. They they definitely help when you're deadlifting a ton of weight and you're trying Mm -hmm. to hold on because usually people's grips.
1: That's what happens. The grip
0: goes. But I don't, I definitely don't rely on them. And with Mm -hmm. the strap aspect of it, I did those more for like like snatch pulls and clean pulls because like when you're lifting above and beyond your max, like if you're doing that with snatching, like just because it's a great motion and great movement, but you're like your grip and usually your thumb is yeah. about ready to, to pop off your hand yeah. um, because you're not doing one lift. You're doing like sets of sets three of, and yeah. all of a sudden, like, good Lord. Um, like I've had it before where your thumbs are just hurting so bad. Like yeah. I just don't even want to grab the you bar anymore. grip the bar. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I'm not a high level lifter. Yeah. I'm sure those people have been calloused over more right. times than they care to. <laughs> right. Like I've lost my calluses, unfortunately. But the, um, so what, where are you right now with your lifting and how has your body changed over the mm. 13? Because you're obviously, I know you're eating differently. I'm eating a
1: lot more food. Yeah. I, yeah Do you, I, sorry.
2: Okay. Sorry. You, no, I'll you, ask you a question after.
1: Okay. Um, see, so I would say this is definitely the strongest and most muscular I've like, ever been. Um, but I had to eat a lot more food. I had to add in a lot more carbohydrates just to be fueling those workouts. Um, my protein and my fat stayed pretty much the same. I just upped carbohydrates a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now I'm experimenting with some carb cycling, which Mm -hmm. is kind of fun. So I have, can you you just explain that? Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much I'm just trying to focus most of my carbohydrates, um, around my workouts and putting fats throughout the rest of the day. And then also, um, so that's what I was doing. And then now I'm kind of experimenting with, okay, if I'm just, if I'm not working out, I've got kind of like a lower calorie day and then if i'm working out and doing more volume then i've got a higher one and so just kind of cycling that um and seeing what that does just for fun but um yeah the biggest thing i had to do was add a lot more carbohydrates in um to refuel that way and i've definitely increased a lot of muscle mass um i mean i'm sure my weight's gone up but i'm also lifting heavier weights like Mm -hmm. i've put on at least 10 pounds on a lot of my lifts so it's 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 good and you've got to be eating to be putting muscle on
0: mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sure with you eating and like weight gain mm-hmm. you gain a little like people with gaining weight gain like yes you'll put on some body fat mm-hmm. but to be honest like the what i always looked at when i was doing this like mm-hmm. when i gained 15 pounds there's probably probably 10 pounds of that might've been body fat. Mm-hmm. 5% might've been muscle. Does that sound that probably right? Maybe I'm off a little bit on that. Yeah. That was my ballpark. Cause when I ended up kind of losing a lot, cause when I lost, I just really lost like body fat mm-hmm. muscle kind of stayed. So, but the, the idea is like, even to me, even if you get a little more fluffier, you really don't feel that way. Like right. I just felt like really strong. Like right. you felt like a brick house. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't think anybody, if you're lifting a lot of weight is going to look at you and be like, you're a little tubby like right. they're gonna look at you and be like holy crap, holy you're, crap. you're just like thick and strong <laughs> yeah because that's the one thing i've noticed like i mean you're sitting down now so i don't like see everything but like your shoulders look wider yeah you know yeah. what i mean you're mm-hmm. you just look you look thicker in a good way yeah. meaning like stronger yeah you know not i don't mm-hmm. look at if anybody's met emily she's in very good shape uh but if you're like nobody would look at you and be like oh my god she's let herself go like, right they look at you and like man you look really like right. really strong, strong right now, now. Mm-hmm. um so i think that's one of the benefits of and obviously I think what you're gonna you're gonna love it probably once you're done the cycle because you're gonna be like I'm just gonna kind of go back to like a maintenance thing mm-hmm. and you're gonna actually be way better for it
1: right because you're gonna right. lose
0: if any if you've gained any body fat it's gonna mm-hmm. strip off very quickly and you'll mm-hmm. get super lean but keep a lot of the strength gains which will right. be cool
1: right which is the nice part about cycling and I think that's where I've really enjoyed the Olympic lifting is adding that in because then it it is it, it's hard to not hard to add muscle in CrossFit but it kind of is it's kind of hard to. Focus just on that strength because you've yeah. got the high intensity of it, so you're yeah. still burning.
0: I always felt the CrossFit from a standpoint of I think every everything. I, again, I'm, I'm talking about that's what I do is CrossFit, mm-hmm. and I, I think. Uh, but like, if you take the lifting portion of it, when I was lifting a lot, I wasn't doing a lot of like the more cardiovascular mm-hmm. metcon things like that. Yeah. I was very much. Focused on increasing my weight, eating to increase my strength, right. that kind of stuff. Afterwards, when I got to like the January through February March, mm-hmm. I was really focusing on increasing my athletic performance, not necessarily increasing my weight because right. that, that or like lifting that that pretty much stayed. But now it made you know moving weights in a metcon much easier, mm-hmm. and I you know it made I mean whatever the weight was, you could move it multiple times much quicker. So yeah. now my old one percent i could now move you know almost every minute on the minute kind yeah. of thing so i mean you're getting stronger and you're able to move mm-hmm. and then like i know it even sounds crazy like when you're doing a fran when you have lightweight thrusters well some people you know right now that that would for that amount of reps would be a struggle for me back then it was like because your legs were so strong and arms like you could power through that very quick yeah. and all of a sudden those extra rests you were taking or maybe dropping mm-hmm. the bar you were going unbroken yeah and then so that would increase your overall mm-hmm. work output mm-hmm. so i think anybody that you do you do have to have a certain amount of cycling involved yeah. like you yeah. do have to have um i think you do need to have a strength portion and mm-hmm. i think you need to focus on the strength portion. you're mm-hmm. not going to get unfit like no. yes well you you maybe be a little bit slower Potentially, but it's like taking one step back to go two steps forward. Mm -hmm. And I just I think you do need to have that. I think you need to have time spent devoted to a weakness or devoted to something, devoted to gymnastics, devoted to running. Like definitely. um, But I agree. If you're lifting weights, um, or in CrossFit, if you're trying to get big, you can get big in CrossFit. Right. You can. Mm -hmm. You just. It's how you. I mean, people in CrossFit do the same thing. If you're going to go to eclipse and power lift Mm -hmm. you can power lift at our gym just Mm -hmm. as well the weights are all there that we have all the everything you would need to Mm -hmm. to do the same kind of routines we don't have the machine so if you're going to sit there and do leg extensions no we're not going to do that but you you have all the stuff for free weights and Mm -hmm. and for big compound lifts um but you have to put your focus on there like if you go to any gym and put your focus there that's what you're gonna if you go to a if you go and just come to our gym and all you want to do is do pull-ups and, and swing on the rings and do like stuff, you will get extremely good at that. Right. You won't be super strong, but yeah. you'll get extremely good at that. Mm-hmm. So it's a balance. But I think like you're lifting right now, you're you're putting more focus and priority on, mm-hmm. a, on a certain category,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which to me is going to benefit you tremendously yeah. in about yeah. two, three months. Yeah. Um. And, and, I, and, and I already feel it too. So yeah. it's
1: like this past week we did like a workout and it was like 95 pound, like hang cleans were in there or something. And I like, as I was doing it, I'm like, okay, I couldn't, it was like a 21, 15, nine with pull-ups and then like ab mat sit-ups or something. And like a year ago, even maybe even six months ago, like the 95 would have slowed me down a lot. Mm-hmm. But so it's, but it's, I'm I'm building that strength right now enough to be like, okay, now I can move some weight and I can move that weight Even if it's kind of heavy quicker, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, my cardio has kind of suffered a little bit. Like, I still have a good... Like, I personally just still have a good basis of cardio just because I've built yeah. it up for so long. Yep. Um, and that's... My times have definitely gone down on that a little bit. Yeah. But when, but like you're saying, so when, I, when my focus starts to shift away again from the Olympic lifting, then I have all this muscle that I'm going to be able to put towards moving quicker or all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Like, I always thought the best... The best cycle that I would have done, and again, this is just my head. I, I did it one time ever in my mm-hmm. life, and that was the that the time I told you about four or five years ago. What I did was I, I did more of the power lifting. Yeah. I did basically a lot of squatting, deadlifting, things like that mm-hmm. to build a very solid mm-hmm. foundation of just strength. Then I went into the ollie lifting. Yep. I took that strength. I took you know stronger legs, stronger press, arms, shoulders, things like that and i translate translated into a faster quicker more technical movement yeah. of weight while still focusing on the strength portion of it but my you know with stronger legs i could clean i could jerk i could i could snatch and wasn't yeah. having any problem you know my pulls were stronger cuz my deadlifting all that would now translate and i got super strong and then i i cut that out and i say cut it out but i started to prioritize more on the the general you know just conditioning piece while keeping the strength because I had built up my strength. Mm-hmm. Now did it go down a little bit? Yeah, but not like a ton.
1: You didn't lose it all.
0: Not even close. I mean what if I if I would have if you talk about the hundred percent I gained, I probably lost maybe five to ten percent of that. Like mm-hmm. I was still very close to where I was before. But I had increased my conditioning, which doesn't take long to increase. You can no. do that over a month or two, you know, I mean max. Right. And then um worked on like some gymnastics stuff and was I mean pr'd everything mm-hmm. i mean across the board mm-hmm. everything and it was just funny how just focusing on prioritizing stuff and really getting yeah. your focus to do that and not yep. it's kind of like anything if you have a thousand things on your plate and try and do all of them at one mm-hmm. time and it has all of your attention you're all your attention you're... is now is now yeah spread too thin yeah. you're never going to accomplish anything yeah. if you focus on one thing execute on it go to the next thing execute on it yep. all of a sudden you've done very good at multiple tasks in an order and that's what I think you're doing. If you go crush this and yeah. then move on to the next thing mm-hmm. and crush that and move yeah. on to the next thing, all of a sudden you're going to be like, holy crap, Emily is phenomenal because you put the time and focus into right. certain aspects. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. That's the best way to do it. Like I said, if I, if I would do, that's what I would, That's how I would go about yeah.
1: that. I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that I had the opportunity to do it because, I mean, I, I had the, the dance background of the mobility, so I, I yeah. understood and moved well. Yep. Um, but getting the strength wasn't there. Because then I also have the flexibility where, like, sometimes it's almost puts me in the wrong spot because my body can
0: overly flexible. Over
1: flexible. So, like, that's where, like, deadlifts I struggle or those things. Like, my hips shoot back. Same with, like, squats. Like, mm-hmm. it just. So, having the opportunity to just sit there and focus on this. And so it's like, it's me and two other girls from the gym who are doing it. And all of our lifts have gone up. We've all PR'd a ton. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. Like, we just did heavy back squats and one of the girls like we went to one of them surpassed her one rep and then like i was like five pounds ten pounds underneath for three of my one rep so it's like yep it's cool because then i'm like okay that's all going to transfer somewhere eventually
0: yeah and uh yeah i mean i i think well one weight training with partners is phenomenal Mm -hmm. when i did when i did most of this stuff um, oh, it makes a big difference. I was lifting. I always have like usually when we do like a strength cycle, a lot of times we'll get multiple guys together yeah. to do it just because it keeps us accountable, even if we may not be doing it at the same class.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you know, somebody be like, you Hey, did you hit them. this today? and be like, Yeah, I know I'm hitting it tonight, I hit it this yeah. morning, whatever. So at least yeah. you, you know, you're like, All right, well, I can't fall behind because then yeah. I'm gonna be behind these guys, and, yep. and then you feel like the loner, so yeah. Uh, but it, I think the. Yeah, the strength portion of it. Um, I mean, the other the other aspect for you is I, you know, I've seen on your Instagram like your technique has gotten much mm-hmm. better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I remember when I was doing like an ollie cycle, and it only went like eight to ten weeks. It wasn't mm-hmm. super. You're, you're much farther yeah, along. Yeah, it was
1: like nineteen weeks. I yeah, think, yeah total, which I would which I nice. would have
0: loved to have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was more of a modified version, but like in that time. My technique was phenomenal. I mean, I say phenomenal. From where it was before was totally Mm -hmm. different. And it was funny because you're not using your max weight. You're using percentages. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, all of a sudden you're doing stuff at 70, 60, 70, Mm -hmm. 80% of your maxes. Well, at that point, you know, you're not going to miss the lift. Right. So you focus more on, I'm going to focus on the technique more so than, man, I don't know if I can get this weight overhead or, you know, or whatever. So I got really good at like, Setting up and I got really you know setting up positioning and working mm-hmm. on little minor things like adjusting like you know the tension in your your lats and your back yeah, and stuff engaging. And, and engaging certain aspects and and really focusing on being in correct positioning mm-hmm. and then it got to the point where when you actually were doing it it was like I'm just dialed in like I'm, yeah. I'm hitting my marks i'm hitting I'm hitting positionings mm-hmm. I, i'm the weight is now f- like Flying, I mean, it, yeah. it was funny because when you're talking about like PRing like you PR throughout the program. It's not like mm-hmm. you had to wait till week like you week nineteen to PR. Like you're PRing five, yeah. six, seven, eight weeks into mm-hmm. this thing, and then all of a sudden it's like holy crap! Like now I'm going off of like PR numbers yeah. just as like training numbers because is, I've just blown through that ceiling.
1: Which is nice, but it also it's looks, intimidating. Yeah, but you're like, like oh my god! I just had to add like last week I was doing whatever number, and then I just had to add ten pounds to my percentages, which like sucks, but it's yeah. awesome.
0: And you know, you can do it because obviously the program has been written for mm-hmm. people to actually accomplish, but a lot of it is mental. Like all of a sudden you're like, I can't, especially when you look at it at the very beginning and all yeah. of a sudden you look, maybe it's got eight weeks of numbers kind of already planned out or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, five, six weeks. And you're looking at like week six or 7 yeah. you're like what? Um, no, I can't do that. But it's yeah. like, you got to remember, like you, you will get there, Yeah. but it, it's kind of, it's intimidating. But all of a sudden the days you get there, you're like, holy crap. Did okay. Do that. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the benefits. And well, the good thing is it shows about when you commit to something for a long time, mm-hmm. how, how well you can, um, you know, I guess how well you can actually do by pushing all your, you know, really putting your time and energy yeah. into something. Patience. Yeah. And, and, and that's the other thing, patience, like it's not, like an always a 19 week ollie cycle, like you were committed. That's yeah. what, almost yeah. five five months. I mean, no, that,
1: oh wait, no, we started in maybe i we started in January, so it might not be 19. It which,
0: pretty darn close. I mean, you're oh yeah, you so You're yeah. about 16 weeks. I mean, if you're going in into May, you'll, yeah, you'll be right around 20 weeks.
1: Yeah, so I guess yeah, I didn't realize. It. I a, guess I never looked at it in months. So yeah, it yeah. was a long time that we're. So we do three days a week. Um, of just specific ollie lifting that we meet for, like, an hour and a half. Um, And Aaron, who does the the coaching, he creates it all, but we don't see anything until the week of. So, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have an idea of what we're going to do this week at this point, but I don't know exactly. You don't know Um, numbers
0: or rep scheme kind of deal? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You probably know more movement. Like, I know I'm going to front squat i'm gonna i'm gonna overhead yeah s- i'll know, be like
1: i know snatch balance mo- or something yeah mondays i'm like okay i know that we're working on specifically snatches and then cleaning and jerks and then heavy squats and then like abs and then thursdays will be like snatch balances and jerks or whatever from the rack and then deadlifts or whatever the cycle that's been on because we've gone through a few and then saturdays are kind of i don't know what we're gonna do
0: but do uh, do you guys have jerk boxes? Jerk boxes. We those we, are so nice. If you I have know.
1: Them. We just got um, Michelle, the woman who owns CrossFit Monadnock, got not like the wooden boxes, but she got the things that go over the weights. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? They're like yep. the metal ones. Yep. Um, I think those are on our list to get though, because those are really nice. Yeah,
0: jerk boxes are I think are phenomenal. Just they're safer mm-hmm. and saves a lot of time.
1: Yeah, and you're not setting you're you don't have to set whatever heavy weight you're lifting either right back on your back which like i hate with snatch balances when yeah, you've got to lower same. it down or if you're doing just going for a heavy jerk and you can just drop it and, yeah. yeah it's just safety mm-hmm.
0: safety and more efficient mm-hmm. um no I, yeah i I really like those i think those are uh those are cool they're they're i mean you can make your own or they're pricey to buy but i think they're they're totally worth it um
1: mm-hmm.
0: like the, i remember the program i was on was kind of fun because it was it was five days a week, mm. but it was... So
1: it were you would, just specifically ollie lifting? You weren't yeah, crossfitting,
0: But it balanced. So it was mm-hmm. like, you might squat on Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of deal. Or no, actually it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, skip Friday, Saturday. I, I always moved to Thursday to Friday just because of my, my time. But um, I just remember on Friday, a lot of it was built up to a heavy. Mm-hmm. So like all week you do percentages. And on Saturday, it was always... You know, you're going to do some type of squatting, whether it's front or back, Mm -hmm. whatever the week called for relatively heavy. I mean, you weren't maxing, but you were going pretty heavy and then it would go into, okay, we're now going to go, um, snatchings first. Right. So usually, Mm -hmm. so you you would work up to a heavy snatch for the day, not a Mm -hmm. PR, but heavy. So go and like. The amount of Saturdays I PR to my snatch just going heavy. Right. Where it was like, holy crap. Like a PR felt, it didn't feel like I was overexerting myself. Yeah. And then you do the same on the clean and jerk and you're like, okay, okay. this is really cool. <laughs> yeah. But I like the, I like, I don't forget what program it was, but like I like the flexibility where it allowed you to kind of go a little bit off of the percentages and kind of wing it a little bit, mm-hmm. but go by feel. Yeah. And, and some Saturdays it was like, you just didn't have it. And like, mm-hmm. and but you were okay. working up to like 90% still, which was like, still heavy. Which is still heavy, but. It was just funny, like you wouldn't, I mean, it was like 90% of maybe your previous one rep max, mm-hmm. or maybe you'd get close to your one rep max, which wasn't your max anymore, but it was still, you know, all of a sudden if like, that's my like off day heavy, I'll take it. You right, know what I mean? Right. So it was still kind of cool. And I think um, th- that was, it was just fun because every Saturday you had a chance to really like it, it, it was almost like it gave you, it kind of scratched that itch of wondering where you yeah. were at yeah. without being like waiting, waiting four or five, four. six weeks before you could kind of like kind of test that. Test
1: the PR without, yeah. yeah, without the pressure of testing it of like, and that's where like, I love the, the, are lifting? Cause I'm like, okay, I'm consistently, we're consistently working up to at least like eight, eight, say eighty five ninety 90% and the, hitting those consistently. So it's like, I'm not nervous going up to, an 85 pound snatch anymore and thinking like, okay, I might miss it because I'm just not paying attention to something, but I'm not nervous about the weight, yeah, which is cool.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing, like you focus more on technique. And Mm -hmm. then what I found too, is when I was trying to actually go for the PR, even though you knew it was heavy and you were kind of straining a little more, I was still more focused on my technique Mm -hmm. and positioning Mm -hmm. and my engagement versus how heavy the weight was on the bar. Yeah. Cause like then it was just ingrained, like go through the same setup and mm-hmm. really just load it and just basically try to trust that you were strong enough yeah, to pull that when up. you actually did the pull and the, you know, or whatever on the clean, like you, you were able to still stay true to the positioning mm-hmm. and not like go into bad yeah. habits. Cause you were trying to do something stupid, which, you know,
1: you shouldn't be. Li- yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: So, um, I think that was one of the benefits of, of, um, I don't know. I just, I, all lifting's fun. It's I just really it's, fun. like people have never done it before. I, I know it's, I don't know. It's just there, there's a lot of there's a lot really to get technique. out of a quick movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. Technique, like, trust me, I like squatting and, and deadlifting like anybody else, or, or you know, benching here and there. But I, to me, cleaning and snatching is just more fun. Yeah, I think there's just that element of you got to be kind of on to get it. Like mm-hmm. you, you can kind of within reason a squat or a deadlift, you can usually kind of work your way through with mm-hmm. like not perfect or all there um now obviously if you're going for a pr not that's not the same but like you're no- normally going to try it you can get 80 90 yeah. percent up most of the time just just through sheer like oh because it's a sort of slower Correct. movement right ollie lifting or something one little false move mm-hmm. not going to happen right um you good time wise or what what's,
1: probably probably up? should wrap
0: it up soon okay so anything else you want to talk about that we kind of went from health all the way to lifting to yeah, it's fine. <laughs> to ripping on, not ripping on, just saying our viewpoints on, yeah. on keto. But yep. <laughs> um, no, it's all good. I, I think I think it was fun. Um, Emily, again, where can people fall find you, follow you?
1: Yeah. So I'll put
0: the, I'll try to put these in the show notes again. I know we had it on the last episode, yeah. But
1: yeah, we'll put them back in. Um, So Instagram, Emily Alexander Nutrition LLC. Um, Facebook, Nutrition by Emily, my website's www.emilyalexandernutrition.com. Um, I do offer like in person and online um, nutrition services, so whether that's macro help or um, just generalized nutritional help. Um, let's see, I think that's about it. Uh, yeah, my email is emilyalexandernutrition at gmail.com.
0: And you can do this remotely too, mm-hmm. right, for the mm-hmm. most part? I mean, yeah. obviously probably with phone calls or Skypes or yeah, FaceTimes yeah. or whatever you got to do. But Yeah, so
1: if you're a distance person, um, yeah, phone calls, Skypes, email, um, all that's nutrition uh, consulting options. So Cool. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, uh, guys, reach out to Emily. She's super knowledgeable. Um, hopefully I didn't dummy it down too much for <laughs> my, my, my lack of it, but she, she's an extremely smart person. Um, young lady, and um, again, we'll put all of her stuff in the show notes. So for Emily and myself, um, that is episode 24 of the Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.